Hello, everyone. This is Ken Braddy. Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I serve as LifeWay's Director of Sunday School, and I also am the manager of our adult ongoing Bible studies. Things like Explore the Bible, Bible Studies for Life would fall under uh, my leadership and my team's work, but also the Gospel Project, the one that you're using. So glad that you're here with me today as we think through the lesson that is going to be taught on December the 26th, Christmas weekend. It's session number four in a unit, unit number four, called Out of Egypt I Called My Son. And so we're studying Exodus and the book of Numbers. And uh, on this particular Sunday, December the 26th, our session four is titled God Shows His Faithfulness. Now, although we have been in the book of Exodus up to this point, this Sunday's material is going to actually come out of three different places, not in the book of Exodus. It's obviously being uh, set up for the Christmas weekend, and it will have some leanings, though, back to the studies that we've just been doing in the book of Exodus. So our session outline for this next session on the 26th of December is in three parts. It's number one, God is faithful to love the afflicted. That's from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 to 24. The middle part, the second part of your Bible study, is titled, God is Faithful to Provide the Messiah. This is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and that probably will become the centerpiece of your Bible study. That's the, you know, the Christmas story account. And then the third and final section in the Bible study is, God is Faithful to forgive the repentant. And that comes from Psalm 51, verses 1 through 2. And I know that you're familiar with Psalm 51. That is the famous psalm that David wrote after he had uh, come to the realization of the gravity of his sin with Bathsheba. And he cries out to the Lord for forgiveness and restoration. Well, what will the groups learn on this particular Sunday? What will your group learn well, they will learn that God is faithful to keep his word, demonstrated most of all in the fulfillment of his promise to provide Christ Jesus. Now, how will my group, how will your group see Christ in this study? Well, from Eden, God promised to provide the means of salvation through the Messiah whom he would send. And God was faithful in sending his son to be born. Jesus lived a sinless life. And he obeyed the Father fully, and he gave up his life as a sacrifice for sin. We'll see that in the lesson today. Now, how should my group respond? So how should they be different after this study? Well, because the Lord is faithful in all of his ways, we seek to live likewise, striving to be faithful to God so that others might come to trust in him as well. So this is where we're heading in this uh, very important Bible study that will be the last one of 2022, God shows his faithfulness. It's a great one to end on. Now, there's a great opening question in this Bible study. I'm so proud of the uh, Gospel Project team. They have really knocked it out of the park with some of these recent icebreaker questions. The question that would open your Bible study is this, what are some things in this world that you would describe as faithful? Well, you might think of things like the seasons. They seem to you know, faithfully come and go. Uh, there is also the ebbing and the flowing of tides. That's pretty faithful. Maybe you're even thinking about old faithful, you know, the geyser you know, that, uh, that goes off at certain intervals. 
uh, maybe it's the uh, the phases of the moon. You know, that's that's pretty faithful. You know, we see that taking place in the night sky. And so you you can open your Bible study with this question to get everybody talking about faithfulness. Now, as we move into the Bible study, point number one, as I mentioned earlier, is God is faithful to love the afflicted. And here's what the book of Lamentations says. This is chapter three, verses 19 to 24. Remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. What a beautiful set of verses here to open this Bible study about the faithfulness of our God. He is faithful to those that are suffering, faithful to those that have experienced a tragedy, faithful to those that are downtrodden, those folks that are depressed, as the writer of Lamentations described himself. Well, in this first point, you'll find in your leader guide that we are going to help our group members uh, come into contact with an essential doctrine. You know, Gospel Project is so great that having these 99 essential doctrines, things that are so foundational for, for believers to understand. And in this section of your Bible study, essential doctrine number 16 of those 99 is going to be presented, and that is God is faithful. And here's what it says. It says God's faithfulness means that he keeps his word and he always fulfills his promises. God's faithfulness is demonstrated in his fulfillment of the promises he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The apostle Paul linked the attribute of faithful to God's coming through on his word, where he said, he who calls you is faithful. He will do it. That's from 1 Thessalonians 5.24. We reflect God by keeping the promises that we make to him and to others. There's the, you know, this, this idea that we testify about our God and his faithfulness by being people that act in faith as well. Well, in Lamentations 1 and 2, the writer tells the woes of God's people in the nation of Judah, specifically how the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem and they desolated Judah in 587 to 586 BC. And this was the promised judgment of God against his people because of their sin. And it resulted in a large portion of the people uh, being uh, removed, deported from the promised land. But starting in chapter three, where we're going to be in this lesson coming up, this poet prophet focuses on his personal agony and his personal anguish. And talking to himself in verse 19, the writer remembered his struggle and his wanderings, you know, having seen Jerusalem fall. And he said this affliction was like wormwood, which is a, a bitter plant and like poison. And he felt deeply the bitterness and the pain of that situation as God justly punished the people according to the covenant that he had made with them, right? Well, in the midst of his bitterness, the writer could still have hope. And we need to remember that the people in our groups, maybe even, maybe even some of you, are in the middle of a bitter situation. And sadness and hope can stand together in those circumstances. I love that phrase. Sadness and hope can stand together. 
we can grieve at the same time that we hold on to hope because of who God is. He is faithful, and he is a faithful God. Well, he is faithful in our affliction. He's faithful in our sufferings, and he is enough for us. I just got word this morning of a dear friend who has an adult daughter whose cancer has come back, and she is going to go through some pretty radical treatment. And in a Facebook post that I just read moments ago, my friend Ron said, we are trusting God. He is walking with my daughter through this. Please pray for us, but you don't need to be sad for us. He said, we know that God loves my daughter. He has plans for her, and he is fighting for her even as she struggles with cancer. And he says, we have hope today. And I love what Ron said on Facebook. It was, uh, it ties so closely to what we're talking about here in this lesson. Well, point number two in the Bible study is that God is faithful to provide the Messiah. Now, this is the long passage of scripture in this lesson from Matthew chapter two, verses one through 12. And uh, in this passage of scripture, you find the telling of the story of King Herod, and you find uh, wise men uh, following the star, uh, being told to report back to him when they found this child king. And this is a, a large section of scripture. In fact, 12 verses is typically what most of our Bible studies land on, because that is what we can, you know, really efficiently and, and thoroughly study uh, in about a 45-minute Bible study. So you've got this one section here, this middle section, and this is December the 26th lesson. So if you wanted to, you could camp out right here on point number two, this uh, Christmas story. Well, we find here uh, in this section uh, of the lesson, this middle section, that the chief priests and the scribes, uh, they knew the prophesied king, the Messiah, was going to be born in Bethlehem because of Micah 5, verse 2. Bethlehem, you know, was the birthplace of David, who was Israel's greatest king. And according to 2 Samuel 5, 2, like David, the Messiah would be a shepherd to lead God's people. Uh, Matthew recorded the Old Testament prophecies in his gospel so that his readers would recognize Jesus as the true, the perfect shepherd that God sent to lead them. And Matthew spent 12 verses on some very unlikely heroes whom God used to reveal his faithfulness to provide a Messiah for the nation of Israel and for the world. And each detail of this story, it shows us how the events that seem tragic and haphazard or insignificant, they all work together toward God's end because he is faithful to accomplish what he says he will. And he is faithful to give us a savior through his son. He is faithful to provide a substitute to pay for our sins. And notably, this gift of a savior is available to everyone, to the people of Israel, to the unlikely astrologers from the East, and all those who come to worship him. Well, in the third and final section of this week's Bible study, point number three is that God is faithful to forgive the repentant. And we take a couple of verses from Psalm 51, that famous passage where David admits his uh, terrible sin and calls himself to account for it, holds himself responsible. He uses the word I so many times. Count that as you read those early verses of Psalm 51. How many times does David use the word I? He was completely aware that he had sinned against God. He had sinned against Bathsheba, sinned against her husband, sinned against his nation, 
and and he is pouring out his heart to God in this passage, and he is asking the Lord to be gracious and kind and to restore him to a place of service where he can once again proclaim God's salvation to the people. Well, it's going to be a tremendous way for us to wrap up this Bible study, and, and here in the Leader Guide, you're going to see a reference to the Leader Pack, Pack Item Number 6, and it is a, a poster uh, that is going to be displayed in your classroom if you've got uh, if you've got that leader pack, and it calls us to consider that uh, knowing that God is faithful to fulfill His promises and faithful to forgive us when we repent, you know how should we how should we live? And so I would encourage you to take that poster if you've got it available, put that on the wall, and as you come to this part in your Bible study, don't just refer to it and point to the pretty poster on the wall. But you could take your group, divide them into groups of two or three or four, and have them respond to the quotations that are on this particular poster. It would be a great way for you to take your learners who are relational and those who are reflective, and even those who are visual. This one poster and this one activity would appeal to all three different kinds of learners that are in your group. And so I want to encourage you to take advantage of that. Well, Psalm 51 shows that the nature, uh, shows us the nature of a very faithful God. The psalm is a prayer for restoration from David, you know, after he has confessed his adulterous and murderous sin, and he has come back to God with a, a contrite and a repentant heart. Now, the thing that we might want to emphasize here to our people that is, is this, that, that through Jesus Christ, God continues to be faithful in forgiving us when we repent, just like he forgave David, he will forgive us. He'll forgive your group members. Remember that God provided a way to fulfill his promise of forgiveness and redemption because Christ was our substitute. He bore the penalty of our sins on the cross and completed in part the work of God that he set out to do from Genesis to redeem a people for his glory. The sin that took place in the garden it resulted in our exile from paradise. However, the work of Christ on the cross restored us back to our creator. David trusted God that he would be faithful to forgive him. And we too, you and I and our group members can be confident in our forgiveness of our sin. When we repent and we trust in Christ, remember he is faithful to forgive. That's what 1 John 1, 9 has told us for years, right? So let us rejoice because of God's faithfulness. It endures forever. Now, some things that you're going to want to read this week, you're going to want to take a look at the extra section here in your leader guide. Again, we've put in lots of extra commentary to help you with this lesson. However, there is a tremendous illustration. It is one that I remember using probably 20 years ago when I was in student ministry at a Disciple Now weekend. And when I saw this illustration, I was thrilled to see it again. I'd kind of forgotten about this, but it's an illustration of a gardener who had seen a uh, chrysalis with a butterfly inside, and it was ready to break through, but it was struggling. And so he decided to help it by cracking open, you know, the cocoon. And the butterfly came out, and he watched it for a time, and the butterfly never was able to fly. And what he didn't know is that, uh, that the butterfly is designed to have the, the liquid that's in its body squeezed into its wings as it forces itself out of 
this cocoon. So the 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 the, the struggle to get out helps it develop its, its wing muscles, and it provides a way out of you know the darkness of that cocoon and the captivity of the cocoon uh, into a whole new world. And so without that struggle, it would not be able to fly. And so this is a great illustration. You might even want to think about having a picture of a, a cocoon and a butterfly that is emerging. You could find those on the internet, show the group you know, on your phone, your iPad, your tablet, and you could use that. It's a great illustration. Don't, don't miss that one, right? Now, let me give you a teaching tip before I close out today. And uh, this is for all of you that might use PowerPoint from time to time. There are a lot of you that like to do this and put some slides up on the screen or the wall there in your classroom. And so uh, here is a tried and true um, teaching tip about PowerPoint if you're going to use it. There is a thing called the six by six rule that you want to use in PowerPoint. I see teachers make this mistake all the time when they violate this rule and they put so many words, so much content on each slide. The six by six rule simply says, do not have more than six rows, hopefully less, and do not put more than six words per line as you create your PowerPoint slide. You want people to be able to read this from the back of the room, right? The person farthest away has to be able to do it. So just remember, if you're going to use PowerPoint, remember the six by six rule, less than six rows, less than six words per row. Your people will thank you for it. Well, my name again, Ken Brady, LifeWay's Director of Sunday School, and your host for this weekly leader training here with Gospel Project. And I am hopeful that you're going to have a great session on December the 26th, session number four. God shows his faithfulness. Look forward to future podcasts with you. I will see you in the new year in 2022.